Hello everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of RPG Fans Music Podcast, Rhythm Encounter. I'm Marcus Gaspar, Wild Armor on the Boards, and I am not the host of Rhythm Encounter, but I help manage the music department, so I'm hijacking this show for my own selfish wants. Actually, Mike Sabato and Kaylin Ardros weren't able to make it this time around. But somehow, we'll just have to do without them. I'm kidding. They were just so busy, that's all. Now... Today, we have two very special guests with us. We have the founder, director, and mastermind of Material Collective, Sebastian Wolf. Thank you so much for having me, Marcos. Pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to have you with us. Very excited about this. And Seattle Beast, arranger of Zelda Reorchestrated Twilight Symphony album, producer and arranger of Pokemon Reorchestrated Double Team. Eric Buckles. How y'all doing? So, how are you fine gentlemen doing today? Pretty good. It's a beautiful rainy day here in Seattle. <laughs> as always. <laughs> yeah, it's a little rainy here in Rhode Island as well for myself. Alright, but good, good. Are you guys feeling pumped today? Absolutely. Excellent. We're super excited. Excellent. Because, say, listeners, we're going to interview these fine, wonderful gentlemen in regards to a little project you may have heard about. And that project is Hero of Time. So. Yes. You guys really excited about having this project turn out? Absolutely. Um, we, we've been working on this for a few months now. And uh, last month or earlier. Well, no, when, when did we launch the Kickstarter? It was oh September 30th. So, yeah, we've been going for about three weeks now um, in terms of, you know, announcing the project having the Kickstarter and trying to get as many people on board with this as possible. Yeah. I mean, the scope of the project already extends way past that. Uh, for the last couple of months, Eric and I have been planning this and, you know, we've, we've been fantasizing about, you know, creating an unprecedented Kickstarter project for an album that simply doesn't exist. So here we are. <laughs> yeah. that's really exciting because, uh, that was actually one of the things I was thinking about asking you, like, uh, like how, Personally, like, how would you differentiate this project from other Materia Collective projects, uh, like, what, with that being a Kickstarter and all? But I think you um, more or less uh, hit that on the head, unless you want to uh, expand a little bit more on that. Oh, absolutely. So Materia Collective is a fantastic, super talented group of musicians that's been around for the last uh, about year and a half. Uh, we started out creating a Final Fantasy VII remix album giving tribute to the original uh, game and series and celebrating, you know, the art and style of it. Um, sort of in conjunction with, you know, last year's announcement of the remake of Final Fantasy VII. So uh, we, we got a group of musicians together and basically said, hey, what if we did a small cover tribute EP? So we ended up with 87 tracks and about 190 people involved. And after that, we said, well, th this was a fantastic album. We put it out with a huge amount of fanfare. Uh, you know, gathering hundreds of fans for our new you know, music collective and tribute group. And then we said, well, let, let's keep it going. Let's keep the celebration going. Let's create more albums. Let's celebrate the art and music and the composers of the favorite games and scores that we love. Now, what, what makes this project a little bit different um, is that, you know, traditionally, uh, Material Collective has very much been on a collaborative basis. And uh, while this is still the case for uh, this project, this time, uh, our goal is set to a much higher stage. Of course, we want to record a live orchestra, 
and that is simply unheard of for a fan project of this scope. So we are very ambitious with this project, and I know we can hit our deadline. Alright, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. As soon as I heard that it was going to be a live orchestra, like, my mind blew up. I was like, like, what? <laughs> this is going to be amazing, especially uh, a Zelda album, because I love Zelda music. So, I mean, you already have my moral support, my financial support, and uh, other things. So. Thank you so much for your support. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you're, you, yeah. You're going to see my name pop up on there. I'm not going to tell you how much, but just, you know, <laughs> we'll whisper. But, no, um, one thing I also want to know is, like, uh... Yeah, if this thing's uh, successful, like, do you see uh, this being something Material Collective will, like, return to? And maybe, like, uh, return to old works as well, and maybe try to get, like, a Kickstarter to go back, uh, to back this up, and, like, maybe bring other types of, like, mediums, maybe, like, or orchestral, like you're doing with this, or maybe even a jazz band. Like, that would be sick. That would be fantastic. Uh, I mean, we're, we're taking it one project at a time, of course. Uh, now, if, if there is interest, of course, Materia is all about uh, creating opportunities for composers and, you know, of course, as we said, celebrating the art and music of our favorite games. So if, if there is another project that people might be interested in either producing or creating or hearing, you know, we would be all ears and we, we will do our best to make something like that happen. All right, excellent, excellent. And now my question is, uh, like, uh, what what is the pro uh, process on this project compared to like your other uh, material collective projects? Is you're gonna have a lot of uh, arrangers, uh, not arrangers, uh, people on this uh, album, or is it just gonna be uh, through uh, one person, uh, Eric? So the way that we're producing this album is very similar to how uh, a composer would actually score for a game or or a film. Uh, it's it's the same type of workflow. We go from writing the writing the arrangement in a sequencer like Digital Performer or or Logic or whatever people use. Um, after that, we have a mock-up, which then we can bring into take the MIDI and bring it into Sibelius, where we orchestrate it, uh, copy all the parts, uh, print all the music, and then we record it. And I. We want to do it that way just because that's the way that I've been working for you know the last five years uh, with Chad Sider and his wife Susie on various film and game recording projects that um, we've been fortunate enough to, to be able to work on. Um, that said, I'm not the only person that is working on the music. Um, I've got um, Taylor Ambrosia Wood as, as helping me out with fleshing out arrangements. Uh, Kind of taking care of some of the creative iteration that I like to work from, and um, we're also looking at bringing on a few other guest arrangers as well, which uh, we won't say at the time. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be super super awesome. Uh, one of the main things that, of course, we want to we want to say is that you know Material Collective has a really high quality standard. So in terms of in terms of like the scope of uh, you know what we what we consider this project to be, I mean it's definitely very much uh, an unofficial, Y licensed fan creation, but the caliber is so tremendously high just because of the talent that we have that we are working with. Um, I mean Eric, of course, uh, Taylor Ambrosia Wood, and well, a couple of other unmentioned arrangers and orchestrators who are helping us out. Uh, but then, of course, uh, on the post-production side, uh, or even the production side, we're working with uh, Alan Wilson. Uh, he's going to be the uh, conductor 
um, you know, leading those sessions. Uh, we, we have Paul Talkington on board. Uh, he's our musician contractor and assembling the entire crew. Uh, a couple of other Peter Fox, the recording engineer. Um, I, think, I think that's it. We have a couple of other, other folks lined up as well. Yeah, and we're also looking at um, some really top-level mixing engineers, uh, mastering music editors, um, which we'll figure out in the coming months after after we've successfully funded our Kickstarter. All right, this is really exciting. I mean, like all this uh, big names and like all this officialness, <laughs> it's giving me that chills. I love it, and the, like after, tingly feelings. Yep, the tinglys, and like uh, after like listening to Successor, I was like. I, I like where this is going. I think this is this group is going to be amazing. And just like uh, hearing from the uh, samples that you have on the Kickstarter, I'm like, ooh, this sounds so good. Now, I think uh, I think the real question is, what made you decide Ocarina of Time was the right project to start with? <laughs> I'll take that one. Um, so I'll, I'll tell a little story. So back in the days of Zelda Reorchestrated, Uh, When it first started in 2004, uh, the original goal for it was to completely remaster the entire Ocarina of Time album uh, using high-quality sample libraries, Uh, which which at the time, it was a crazy concept. I mean, we were in high school, and like the the whole digital music scene hadn't really exploded by that point yet. That's that's kind of been the last several years. and, and for that album, we weren't really adding too much of our own arrangement ideas. It was it was mostly just trying to create better versions of the, the original arrangements of the original compositions that were in the game. Uh, some of which we I think we succeeded on. Some others maybe not so much. But um, we, we 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 learned a lot from that. And um, then a few years later, Twilight Symphony kind of took things in a whole different direction for us. Uh, we, we finally started creating new tracks, new arrangements based on the existing themes. And this was something we found to be much more enjoyable just from a listening perspective, but also from like a, an arranger creative perspective. Uh, in that regard, Hero of Time is kind of the spiritual successor to ZRIO's original goal and also Twilight Symphony. Yeah, that's that's really exciting, and like uh, just reading like the album concept, I'm just really uh, curious. Like when I read this, I'm thinking, man, this sounds like a programmatic symphony. I'm list that what's gonna happen here, and let's see. You should be listening to it like from beginning to end. I like that. Can you t- like? There's a lot of questions I want to go with, but I there's one particular thing that I was very interested in when reading your Kickstarter page, and that was mentioning the in regards to the Ocarina of Time. Uh, or this project here, Otima, uh, uh, about it being uh, the passage of time and beauty of impermanence and mortality. Like, pers- and this is for you, Eric. Uh, uh, Sebastian, you can answer too. Uh, this is all Eric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how do you plan on capturing that beauty on this album of impermanence and mortality? So, and this is one of the things that I love most about Ocarina of Time. There are so many like character quotes, uh, just game dialogue, uh, even from NPCs about like how difficult life is once you are an adult, and like how how cruel the passage of time is, and that sort of thing. I mean, and it's very symbolic. We have Link who starts out inside of Kokiri Village, 
where the children are literally stuck in time with, with regards to their aging. They, they don't age. They are forever children. Basically, he is Link is then forced to, you know, leave the forest and he travels through time and he gets to live the life of an adult while he still has like the the emotional capacity of a child. And this is this is obviously very hard on him. Uh, for the rest of the game, you have Link traveling back and forth, like, you know, not really fitting in either place. And he's learning more and more about how time time flows and what it really means to experience the journey of life. Um, and, and now how that relates to the album. Uh, Hero of Time, like, it's set up so that you can sort of sense Link's turmoil as he works his way through his adventure um, all the way up until, you know, the, the final battle with Ganondorf. And so, like, the first half of the album, it might be, you know, not quite so serious. Link is still a child. Uh, and then he pulls the Master Sword out of the pedestal of time, and everything starts to kind of build up momentum until that final battle. Um, so, I, I mean, it's it's something that you'll be able to hear through the music, and it's probably the coolest part of the the actual game itself, in my opinion. Hmm. Nicely said. Um, and like, what one thing that like uh, like I, I like just, a, just I I love Ocarina of Time. That's always something I thought about too. Like, even though Link has aged like several years, like he still has that childlike mentality uh, because mm -hmm. you know he's never grew up. He's in a different world. Uh, even though it's the same one. And so I'm curious on, like, hearing uh, how he would feel during the, that transition uh, from childhood to adulthood and inside of a new, different world. So that's really exciting. I really like that. Yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be really cool. Yeah. And, like, I'm curious, like, in regards to the music, uh, like, I, I see that Hero Time's uh, going to have, like, Eastern inspiration uh, or something about that. I'm curious, is there a certain manner on how you, like, synthesize those elements, including, like, influences from Japanese video games or animes, like you mentioned on the Kickstarter? Yeah. Um, so one thing I, I really like to do when I'm arranging music is combining other influences from not just the, the arrangement composer, but also from other composers. And this kind of creates this sort of fusion that ends up being the arrangement. Um, all art is inspired by other art, and I really enjoy paying that sort of tribute to the other works that have inspired me. Uh, I think it's fun for listeners because they can listen and try to find out, all right, what sort of inspiration, like, what what else does this remind me of? And that's something that I like doing for other composers, like Koji Kondo. Um, just to kind of listen and try to discover what inspired them to write this particular, you know, piece of music or whatever it is. But so you'll have elements from uh, from these other Japanese composers that I've morphed into this new thing when combining it with Koji Kondo's music, and um, I think the result is going to be something. It's while it's still familiar for Zelda fans and it sounds, you know, appropriate. It's also going to be something very new, um, something that's you know not been heard of as far as Zelda music goes. 
that that's that's fascinating and I, I really can't wait to hear this like just you describing it just every word i'm just holding on to <laughs> gripping it like oh it gets better and better every time <laughs> uh like how long do you think that uh, album is going to be like uh it, it was it going to be like probably like an hour long so yeah we've we've promised one hour um right now the tentative track listing has expanded to go over that um but we only want to have one like cd disc so uh, we'll be constrained by the the 72 minute limit on that well that's excellent i i i personally can't wait to like hear this album um <laughs> and let's see like what what's your like deadline like what like how how are you have this like set up that like do you have like a, a date that where you're aiming for for this to be uh, completed by yeah so since we're going to be recording the orchestra in in december kind of towards the the middle-ish before christmas um that means that all of the music has to be printed and you know ready to go um like you know the week before that so uh considering that i'm going home for thanksgiving for two weeks um i need to have all of my music arrangements done before i leave um and then basically while i'm traveling and then a little bit when i get home from thanksgiving i will um need to have all of the orchestrations all of the sheet music ready to ready to go so it can be printed taped and you know just ready to go um as far as when it's going to come out we're going to be um january is going to be all like post-production where we have to do editing mixing and then mastering and we're hoping to have all of that done in january uh so we can have the discs manufactured for the physical albums in February and March is when we're going to be releasing the final album along with all of like the, the, the physical products, the, the CDs and vinyl. Oh, you said vinyl. Yeah. Um, so, uh, one of our Kickstarter rewards is on vinyl and, uh, we plan to also produce vinyl after, uh, after the album is finished when people can, you know, order vinyl without having to back the Kickstarter. Uh, we're still figuring that out, so it's not 100% sure yet, but uh, we really want to have vinyl uh, release for when the album comes out in March. If if the Kickstarter gets funded, we will absolutely have vinyl. Uh, now, of course, producing vinyl is not an easy task, and as with you know the physical CDs, of course, we want it to be super high quality. So we're looking at a couple of different options to really make sure that you know, the vinyl release is as beautiful as many of the other recent video game vinyl soundtracks that have come out. You know, there's, there's been, of course, this whole vinyl revolution. Um, you know, a couple of different companies, uh, you know, fellow geeks and nerds like us with an appreciation for games and their scores, uh, you know, producing vinyl and making pieces of art, essentially, that really stand out and look beautiful on bookshelf, by the way. <laughs> Oof, Eric, you had me a vinyl. Oh. <laughs> like, I'll probably end up buying one if uh, ends up going up, like ends up uh, becoming available after the Kickstarter. Oof, just love vinyl. I, I yeah, just, I'm. Oof. You go ahead. No, continue. <laughs> well, I, I've never. <laughs> so I'm not a vinyl collector, and like this is the first time that I've ever worked on a project that has been printed on vinyl, and I guess that. That's exciting to me, just to hear hear everything uh, analog would be interesting. 
All right, excellent. Um, well, there's like uh, one more question I wanted to ask, and you know, it's say as much as you want because I know for me, if I ask this to myself, it's a bad idea. But can you tell me, uh, what do you love about the Ocarina of Time like soundtrack? That, that like, what's your favorite thing about it? Your favorite music? Your favorite song from it? Oh, that, that's a terrible question to ask. How, <laughs> how can you do it? <laughs> um, I, I, think, I think it's one of the few very timeless soundtracks. Uh, speaking entirely unironically, given this theme and subject matter, of course. But it's, <laughs> it's one of those... It's, it's a collection of themes and motifs that just stick with you. You know, if you, if you grew up as a Zelda kid or a Nintendo kid or something, you, those, those memories that, you know, those memories that you formed experiencing the game and experiencing the music those themes stick with you your entire life so you know it's it's an honor to sort of play play a role in you know a reinterpretation and a tribute to be part of that history i guess for me uh what's really interesting about ocarina of time's music is just the fact that there are so many unique themes for Pretty much anything in the game that you can imagine mm -hmm. uh like all of the important characters even some of like the side quest characters the landmark locations like kakarika village garuda valley and like all of the the natural elements like light and you know all the medallions forest fire whatever else uh time the sun like these all have their own musical themes which is ridiculous that that's a ridiculous amount of like individual unique themes for one game and i mean there are there are games uh that literally only have one theme that gets used or you know most games can get by with half the number of themes that ocarina of time has and i guess to me that's kind of one of the most mind-blowing things about it and especially uh, for the time yeah this was this was back uh late 90s and we have this game that has so much music it even has music incorporated as one of the the game mechanics that the player uses to uh you know advance the story or affect the environment and that sort of thing yeah like ocarina of time had one of the most like impressionable albums on me as a kid that it stuck with me like if i had to hum it, hum it i probably can uh, hum it in perfectly in tune because it was something i i immersed myself in and oof, it's just, just so exciting to, that this album's happening again again i'm fan fan like a uh, fan gushing over this but you know <laughs> that, that's okay uh but before we leave why don't you tell your viewers uh and listeners uh when is this kickstarter ending hmm <laughs> Uh, today, at time of recording, it is Saturday the 22nd, and we have a little over a week to finish the Kickstarter fundraiser. It ends on uh, midnight, or 11.59 p.m. Pacific on Sunday the 30th, so that, that's about one week from today. I'm not sure when people are going to be listening to this, but you have until the end of the day on Sunday the 30th of October. That said, the Kickstarter is doing super well for where it is right now. And I know that we can accomplish our goal and, you know, really bring this project to life. So again, thank you everyone for the support that, you know, the very kind and generous donations that have already happened. And we're super excited about, you know, bringing this project and completing the deadline and making it happen and sharing more beauty with the world. That sounds super cheesy, but I'm kind of being sentimental. Get away. 
<laughs> no, that's perfectly fine because, like, for me, the, like, I'm excited about this. Like, every day that passes is just another day where I get, like, super anxious. Like, oh, is it getting closer? Is it getting closer? Is there going to be something else that pops up? What's happening <laughs> next? And I'm looking forward to the, that day as well because I, I believe you guys are going to reach your goal. Like, e even if they don't hear anyone hears this, I guarantee it's going to reach it because I, this is just such an amazing project. At least to me, it is. And I'm pretty sure to the other people who donated that much money. <laughs> But it's going to be a wild ride. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Well, Eric, Sebastian, thank you so much for taking your time and being generous with uh, your time. Uh, you know, taking the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for having us. Yeah, was, yeah. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It was fun uh, talking to you both and just hearing uh, everything. Uh, about this project and also you know your love of zelda music i mean you love zelda music here you're good in my book nothing wrong with you <laughs> it's okay i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh, well thank you both for being on the show and also thank you listeners for taking the time to listen to us and check out the project again it's called uh hero of time and it, it's being uh presented by material collective Take a look into it, read it, see if you like it. If you don't, you know, perhaps I'll support it because I, I like it. I'm not telling you you have to, but I'm just saying it's pretty cool. But to be serious though, thank you both for uh, coming on the show and also thank you listeners. Again, this is uh, Marcos Gaspar again, Wild Armors on the board, and have a good day.